You are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. A mystery. We're talking about a mystery prayer today, but mystery. What is a, a mystery? It's something that's hidden, something that's secret, something that's puzzling. That's a mystery to me. I don't quite understand it. I'm not into these necessary police detective things, but it's amazing when you've seen them, how that they can trace things back with DNA and all that they can. I was at the FBI building in 1965. I'll never forget it. And they said that we can, we can trace just a single piece of hair, just one hair. We can tell you where it comes from on a person's body in 1965. We can tell you if it comes from a male or a female. We can tell you if it, if it where, uh, not only where it comes from, a male or female, we can tell you the race. We can tell you the gender. We can tell you, we can tell you, uh, and all of a sudden, I was just amazed just from one single hair. Well, that's still a mystery to me. I can't understand all that. DNA, I can't understand that. How that, you'll see on your phone, my phone will pop up and they'll say, after 28 years, they finally arrested someone because the DNA matched. It's a mystery. It's something that's hidden. In the Old Testament, there was something that was hidden. It's called the gospel. It's salvation by grace. And the prayer that we saw this morning in Ephesians chapter number 6, verse 18 says, praying always with all prayer. And notice what he says with this prayer. Verse 19, he continues it. He said, I want you to pray that utterance may be given to me that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel. I heard a preacher preach that or talk that on a Saturday night men's prayer meeting before I came here 43 years ago. And he said, I'd like you to pray that, and he quoted this verse, the mystery of the gospel. It's the mystery, gospel is good news. It's the mystery of salvation. That's a mystery. I can't explain it. I can't comprehend how a holy God without sin would be willing to leave heaven's glory and die for me. That's a mystery to me. The Old Testament, it was Conceal. It's revealed. In the Old Testament, prophecy would point to it. Isaiah said he was going to be 700 years before the birth of Christ. Isaiah 7, 14. A virgin shall conceive and bear his son, and thou shalt call his name Emmanuel. God promised there would be a virgin-born child 700 years before it happened. Micah. In Micah chapter 5, prophesied in the mystery, here's where the Messiah will be born, in Bethlehem. 700 years before Jesus is born. It's all in the New Old Testament. You know, in Genesis 3, 
15, God prophesied that Jesus would come and die, to die for the sin of mankind. God prophesied way back in Genesis 3.15. You know that God told us in Genesis 1.1, the word God, capital G, small letter, small, smaller d, God means the word Elohim. In Hebrew, it means plural. Now, in our language, plural means two or more. But in Hebrew, there's singular, there's dual, there's plural. Plural means three or more. God the Father, Genesis 1-1. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. These three are one, 1 John says. They're God. God the Holy Spirit's God. God the Son is God. God the Father is God. And God's word prophesied where he'd be born. What city he'd be born. God prophesied he'd be born of a virgin. That's hidden in the Old Testament. People looked for the Lamb of God. That's why John said in John 1, 29, Behold, the next day John cometh unto him, saying, Behold, the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. Every person needs to understand the gospel is revealed. The mystery is solved in the New Testament. For God made him, Jesus, to be sin for me, he who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God through Christ Jesus. Every man's born a sinner. Every man, there's a judgment for sin. The wages of sin is death. There's a place called hell, and you cannot go to heaven unless you come by the way of the cross. We just heard sung. Jesus became sin for us. And if I be lifted up, Jesus said, I will draw all men unto me. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him, through Jesus, might be saved. I am the way, the truth, the life, and no man can come to the Father but by me, Jesus said. This church cannot save you. The Baptist church cannot save you. The Catholic church cannot save you. The rosary cannot save you. The baptistry cannot save you. That offering plate cannot save you. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save, Luke 18, 19, 10, that which is lost. Jesus said, whosoever will, let him come unto me. And whosoever will may come, except a man be born again. He cannot see the kingdom of God. There's a prayer, and Paul is praying here in Ephesians, and he's praying, praying in Colossians 4 that the God would reveal the mystery of the gospel, the mystery of salvation. What a prayer. Are you saved? Every person is born on their way to hell, but that destiny can change when we place our faith in Jesus Christ who became our substitute. He took upon, the four, took upon himself all the sin of mankind. But unless a person is born again, they cannot see the kingdom of God. You say, well, I, I'm saved, but I've not been baptized. Well, baptism has nothing to do with salvation other than the fact that it points you got saved. The thief on the cross was dying. And the two thieves that he was between were railing on him, the Bible says, and then the one gasped, but he said to the fellow criminal, we deserve 
We deserve death for the crimes that we've committed. This man has done nothing to deserve death. He acknowledged that Jesus was the Son of God. And on that cross, Jesus said to that thief, one who blasphemed and one who trusted him, said, today you'll be with me in paradise. Oh, I'm so grateful that God reached down and saved me. I'll never forget that night when I asked him to save me as a little boy. I'll never forget that I realized I was a sinner. I'll never forget when I prayed and said, Dear God, please save me. Forgive me my sin. I trust Jesus as my personal Savior. I've not lived a perfect life from that day to this, but I've had a perfect Savior that I've been attached to. The prayer of salvation. But I want you to see, secondly, with this mystery prayer, the mystery, 1 Corinthians 15, if you'll turn there, the mystery of the second coming. The mystery of salvation, the mystery of the second coming of Jesus Christ. He is coming again. He is coming again. This very same Jesus rejected of men. He's coming again. I wish you could take time this week. I was reading over there in Matthew 24 that in the last days all these cults are going to rise and men shall be angry with one another and there'll be murder and there'll be deceit and families will be falling apart, the Bible says, and there'll be earthquakes in multiple places, and there'll be pestilence, disease. That is, uh, there's some type of disease in the streets right now of Los Angeles. They're reporting this week a new disease has come in, and their disease is rampant, pestilence, and men shall be lovers of their own selves. Well, the Bible says in the last days, perilous times, savage times, lawless times, do you realize that just a couple of weeks ago, on one weekend, there was over 600 shootings in the city of Chicago alone? Lawless times, perilous times shall come. Men shall be lovers of their own selves, proud, boastful, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truth breakers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good. That's the word of God, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 for 5, of such turn away. These are those that have a form of godliness, but they deny the power thereof. There's the prayer of salvation. But I want you to see the mystery today of the second coming. Chapter 15, verse 51. Chapter 15, verse 51. Thank you for turning. 1 Corinthians 15, 51. Behold, I show you a mystery. Remember, mystery is something that's hidden, something that's kept secret, something that's puzzling. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall be changed. In a moment, the twinkling of an eye, the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we, we shall be changed, for this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption and this mortal have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of the sin is the law. But thanks be unto God which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible tells us that Jesus Christ is coming again, and it's a mystery. 
The Bible says, no man knoweth the day nor the hour. We don't know Jesus could come today. Glad day, glad day, and I will see my friend. Oh, what a day that will be when my Savior I shall see. Jesus could come. I never met my one grandparents. They were gone long before my mother even was married. I saw I never met them. The others, my grandmother was blind. I only saw her twice in her life, and she was gone early in life. My grandfather lived, but I, longer I wasn't near, near, nearby him at all in the distant state. But my parents would tell me that both their fathers, as lay German preachers that came to this country, they worked on the farm, but they would preach on Sundays in the churches. And my mother said as a little girl, she can remember her father preaching about Jesus is coming again. This had to be in the 19, late 20s and 30s. My dad was saved in 1932. He was a nine-year-old boy, and he got born again and saved. He said, I remember my father said, Jesus is coming. I talked to my mother one time. She said, you know, if my dad used to preach that, and my, your dad's dad preached that, just think how much closer he must be. Who'd ever think, who'd ever think that 50% of millennials would claim that they believe that this country of ours should be a socialist country? Who'd ever think that? Or socialism and communism are twin sisters. But you don't have personal rights. You don't have property rights. The government controls your life. Who'd ever think that? In America, we came here for religious leader and personal liberty. Yet today, as people run for office, it is just anti our foundation. We will give you health care. We will give you education. We will give you this. We will give you this. That is not government's job. Government's job, read your constitution. It's to protect my person, my property, and my possessions. They're to make sure with certain unalienable rights given to us by our Creator. But when you kick God out of the schools and the Bible out of school and prayer out of schools, when we used to have freedom on the school campus, now we have guards there. And now they're shooting. We have kicked God out where God belongs. He belongs in our lives. My Bible says something about the second coming. Would you turn with me to Revelation chapter 17? The book of Revelation is the last book in the Bible. The mystery of salvation, but the mystery of the second coming, we don't know when it's going to be. But we know that the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, the trump of God shall sound, and the dead in Christ shall rise first, and we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together to meet him in the air. My grandfather's thought that Jesus was coming again, how much more in 2018? Things have waxed worse and worse. There's worldwide chaos, and the Bible speaks about when you hear of wars and rumors of war, and the whole world, it seems like it's unraveling before our very eyes. Marriages are unraveling. Families are unraveling. Uh, the Bible says in the last days, people will be given over to sorcery, and the word sorcery is a Greek word, pharmakia, where we get the English word pharmacy, which means drugs. And our streets flow with drugs and people destroying their minds and their mental ability through drugs. 
You used to wonder how can the Bible say that one day every eye will see him. Well, we now know this amazing thing called the internet that can be used for good, but you can see anything. Right now we have 110 countries watching this service. Who would ever think when we came here something like that could have transpired in the last 43 years and it's wonderful. One day Jesus will come again and he'll take Christians out of here. And he'll have us in heaven at the marriage supper of the Lamb and the Bema seat judgment where he rewards us for our labors here. But on seven years, many will be left behind. Some in this room who are not saved, you'll be left in this. You'll come up on a Sunday and you'll say, where are all the people? Some will assemble for church. Someone may preach, but it will be people who were lost that rejected Christ what a tragic, tragic day when people will be given over to the lust and the Holy Spirit will have been removed like we have in the New Testament. He'll be more like in the Old Testament where he would come on individuals but will not have the Holy Spirit. He is the resistor of what is resisting sin in America and the world today is the Holy Spirit that lives within us. Notice what the Bible says about this second coming God says in the 17th chapter of verse 1, he's giving a judgment. He calls it upon that great whore that sitteth upon many waters. Now I wonder what it means, many waters. Many waters. Well, the Bible tells us in a few moments we read what the waters are. It's people and it's nations and it's kingdoms. Notice what he says in verse 15. He saith unto me, The waters which thou sawest, where the whore sitteth. A, a, a woman is, is represented as the New Testament local church or a religious church, a religious body, Ephesians chapter 5. But there are going to be, there's a righteous bride and a righteous groom. And then God says, This one is not righteous. It's like a harlot. Notice what the Bible says. The waters which thou sawest where the horse sitteth are peoples, multitude, nations, and tongues. Go back to verse 2. With whom the kings of the earth committed fornication with the inhabitants of the earth, made drunk with the wine of her fornication. Whatever this religious body is, the kings of the world will be under the domination. And the tribulation time will be under the domination of this religious body. The religious authority will govern the nations and the kings of the earth. Notice the Bible says in verse 5, upon the forehead was the name written, there that word is, mystery. It's hidden, Babylon, the great, the mother of harlots, the abomination of the earth. Whatever this, whoever this harlot is, this religious body, it has little harlots that have come from her, the Bible says. Hold that thought. And the Bible says in verse 7, verse 6, the woman drunk with the blood of saints. Whatever this harlot is, she has murdered and slaughtered the people of God through the centuries. Hold that thought, verse number 7. And the angel said unto me, Marvel, thou didest, wherewith thou didst marvel, I will tell thee the mystery of the woman and the beast that carried her upon the seven heads and ten, tor ten horns. And it's talking about now, verse number nine. 
here's the mind which hath the wisdom. The seven heads are seven mountains on which the woman sitteth. Now you have cell phones, I'm not going to ask you to do it right now, but if you would Google right now or whatever you call that, whatever you do on your phone, if you just put seven heads in, it would tell you the city. There's one place on planet earth that's called seven mountains or seven hills. It's called Rome. That makes sense because Rome murdered over 50 million Christians during those dark ages. That's why you have the catacombs and the tunnels under Rome to this day and people were being beheaded for the cause of Christ and slaughtered and families were slaughtered. And God says this religious body is going to be controlling the world during the tribulation. Notice what the Bible says. And verse 12, the ten horns which thou are ten kings. There's going to be a federation of leadership with nations with this religious authority. These, verse 14, shall make war with the Lamb. And the Lamb shall overcome them, for he is Lord of lords and King of kings. And they that are with him are called the chosen and faithful. That's God Almighty. That's Jesus Christ. In verse 16, And the ten horns which thou sawest of the beast, thou shalt hate the whore, and shall make her desolate and naked, and shall eat her flesh. For God hath put in their hearts to fulfill his will. We know that verse number 9 of chapter 18, And the kings of the earth have committed fornication live de uh, deliciously with, uh, and shall bewail her and lament her when they shall see the smoke burning. What's going to happen in chapter 18, that great city, that religious body is going to collapse under the hand of Almighty God. God's making it very clear this is a mystery. But he's solving the mystery. He'll tell us what seven hills are. He'll tell us what seven, what ten horns are. He'll tell us what seven heads are. He'll tell us these things. And he's revealing it to us. This is what's going to happen. I don't believe that. You can d discount it all you want, but it's God's word. It's a mystery to those that do not understand the gospel. I want to say today there's the mystery of salvation and the mystery of the second coming. Let me have you turn to one more text. The book of 2 Thessalonians, all the T books in the New Testament are together. First and 2 Thessalonians, first and 2 Timothy, Titus. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. I have a, another thought after this, but I'll hold it for another time because we're out of time. Let me give you the last one, not only the mystery of salvation and the mystery of the second coming, but the mystery of sin. The mystery of sin. In chapter 2, my Bible says, and I want to begin, verse 1, Now I beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus, that the gathering together unto him, that you be not soon shaken in mind or troubled, neither spirit or the word or the letter. For us, as the day of Christ is at hand, let no man deceive you by any means. That day shall not come, except they come a fallen away first, and the man of sin shall be revealed, the son of perdition, who opposeth and exalted himself, that is called God, or that is worshipped, so that he, God, sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Remember, remember, remember ye not that when I was yet with you, I told you these things? Now I that withholdeth that he might be revealed in his time. For the mystery of iniquity. Wait a minute. 
mystery, that which is hidden. What's iniquity? Lawlessness. You think things are rough now of lawlessness? There is no law? Police chiefs all over America have said, when the rioters want to riot, you step back. They've been ordered, step back. Let them turn the police cars over. Let them smash the windows. Let them hurt people. Let them claw at the doors of the Supreme Court. Let them drive people out of restaurants. That's lawlessness, friends. America is a nation of laws. Countries of the world are nations of laws. And when we say, I'm the, well, I don't care what the law is, I don't care what the law is, I'm going to do what I want. That is lawlessness, and lawlessness is like Judges 17, 6, and every man did that which was right in his own eyes. This is what I want to do, this is what I'm going to do it. We live in that moment today. I don't care if it's wrong. I'm going to do it. I don't like this person. I'll shoot him. I'll kill him. By the way, you'll get more time. Check it out. You'll get more time for killing a cat, and I'm not for killing a cat. You'll get more time for killing an animal than you will for killing a person. But God's Word says in the last days we'll worship the creatures more than the Creator. We're living in a day of lawlessness. It's all around us. That's why when you left your house today, you alarmed your house. That's why your cars on these parking lots and streets around here are alarmed right now. Because we live in a day of lawlessness. And God says in that day, you think it's lawless now, when this mystery, this is hidden, and this Satan himself begins to work and the beast and the false prophet on planet earth. Only he who now letteth, the word let is to resist, will let, he'll, he'll allow, he won't resist until he be taken out of the way. The Holy Spirit will not be here to govern the hearts of man. When he, when then that wicked one be revealed whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of the brightness of the coming, even him whose coming is after the work of Satan with power and signs and lying wonders. Watch verse 11. For this God cause God shall send them to strong delusion that they might believe a lie, that they might be damned who believe not the truth, but have pleasure in unrighteousness. What's he saying? You that are left behind, you've rejected Christ today, you'll be sent into such delusion. Satan will dilute, will, will dilute your mind. I don't need to get saved. And by the way, during the tribulation, seven years, People will get saved, but not you because you've heard today. You're responsible today. And after this, I beheld a low, a great multitude of all nations and people and kindreds and tongues. They stood before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes and palms in their hands. Who are these? And whence came they? Listen to this. These are they that came out of the great tribulation and have washed their robes and have made them white in the blood of the Lamb. There will be people saved in the tribulation. God says he's going to release 144,000 Jewish missionaries to preach the gospel in that seven years, and people will get saved. They'll pay for their salvation, not to get into heaven, but they'll be martyred for the cause of Christ. We do know that. And they'll stand before God as a martyred saint. Thank God that they'll be saved. 
but people that have already heard will reject. They'll be sent into strong delusion. They'll believe a lie. You say, well, if these, this rapture's taking place, won't we wonder with all these people missing? Whether this is a true statement or not, I don't know, it's true, true statistic, but I'm told that 98% of this world claims they do not know Jesus Christ. Of the 2%, that includes all types of religions that say there is a Christ. But just some that believe there's a Christ doesn't mean they're saved. I wonder, would 1% be gone? You know how, how, how in the Silicon Valley, we're not the only ones saved, but you take tonight, as far as I know, there's only two churches open in the Silicon Valley. Over two million, two and a half million people right here. Nine million people in the Bay Area. I don't know if you could find a half a dozen churches open tonight with our nine million people. And let's say, let's say there's 5,000, 10,000 of nine people, million that claim to be truly born again. Maybe not all Baptists, but really truly born again. Uh, that's like putting your finger in a bucket of water and pulling it out, the influence you've had. Nothing, zero. Same with, I, with my life. They're not gonna miss a great, great amount of people. We had the home foreclosures during the dot-com bus, and there are houses that were sitting empty for days and weeks and months and some even years. Didn't really make that much a deal. Neighbors just went on. I'm talking about there's a mystery of salvation, and there's a mystery tonight, uh, today of the second coming, and there's a mystery of sin, how people will give themselves to sin, but not the Savior. And the year was June the 1st, 1937. She had bought a plane for herself called the Canary. But as a young girl, she bought that plane for herself. She wanted to be a lady to learn how to fly. And she did, but then her mother and dad went through a divorce in the 30s. That little girl had to sell that car to help her parents, had to sell that, that plane to help her parents. But when it came June the 1st, 1937, she said, I'm going to fly this thing. And she embarked upon a travel that was 29,000 miles circling this globe. And 22,000 miles into it, something happened. They've never heard from the lady, Amelia Earhart, since then. They waited about a year and a half, and on January 1939, they said she is missing, she must be dead. We cannot find the wreckage. It's a mystery. She's off the radar. We don't know what happened. She's gone. We don't know where it went down. We cannot find it. It's a mystery. There's a mystery today of sin. It's hidden. And the world's going to be given over to sin in these last days. There's the mystery of the second coming. I don't believe it. Okay, deny it but you're going to be left behind. There's the mystery of salvation. I don't understand why he who was rich yet for my sake became poor that we through his poverty might be made rich. I don't understand it. That's a mystery to me. Why God would ask his son to die for me. I can't comprehend it all, but I know that only a holy, righteous God could pay for my sin. 
Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.